RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Law Father Podcast. As always, we are here in beautiful Law Father Studios, right here from Law Father Headquarters. And we are here for the Law Father Podcast, and we are doing another Law Father short, right? And uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you all to check out Radio Influence and check out all the great shows on there. They're probably better than this show, in all honesty, because, well, quite frankly, most of the people on there are professionals in radio and... Uh, I am not. I am a lawyer who has a lawyer show that pretends to be really good with radio. All right. I've actually been on radio a few times. It's pretty fun. Um, that's actually how the podcast started. But that's not why you're here today, um, especially as what one TikTok user on the TikTok Live has said that I'm going to open up a Pandora's box. And yes, I am, because we are going to talk about Trump and we are going to talk about Miralago and we're going to talk about the Fourth Amendment. But here's the thing. This is a law father short, so it's going to be a short conversation on Trump and warrants and the Fourth Amendment and Miralago. Okay? Uh, so here we go. And those of you who are listening, if you have any questions or comments on the topic, please feel free to add them in here, and Jason will take a look at them, and he will... Uh, vet them before we actually do them live. Uh, yeah, I know far better than to read these comments live uh, on the podcast, right? Live on the recorded podcast that Jason can also edit and take out anything that is inappropriate. But anyway, here we go. So as you know, recently, uh, Miralago was raided by the FBI. The FBI had a warrant. They went in and uh, I believe they found a bunch of documents. I believe they were there looking for documents. So kind of begs the question of, um, is that allowed? What can you do? And anything, and you know, topics along those lines. But I will share with you, I, I did, I did see this funny, I thought it was funny. Okay. And I look, I don't really care what anybody's, um, political stance is. If something's funny to me, it's funny, right? It truly, it, funny has no left or right. Okay. It just doesn't. Funny is funny. And, uh, so I, so I was a, it was a picture and it was, a handwritten, it was a, like a white sheet of paper, and it was like the whole page was redacted except for the signature, I guess, of, uh, it must have been of some, whatever the judge was that signed the warrant for Miralago, and it said, bad orange man. That was it. Everything else was kind of redacted, if you will. The whole rest of the paper was blacked out, uh, so that's how they do redacting is they black it out, but I thought it was funny, you know. Orange man bad or bad orange man, something along those lines. I mean, it's just, um, it's, it was just funny, okay? You know, some things are funny. And, and so let's look at it. And look, from a very real perspective, once there's a warrant, it doesn't matter. You're done. You're done. You're not stopping them, right? You know what happens? Here's what happens, right? So I've, I've done warrants before. I worked at the sheriff's office for six years. Um, and, you know, one of, one of my... Uh, um, my zone partners, who's no longer with us, he and I, we would do these things called trash pulls, and we were gathering evidence for a warrant. And we get the warrant, we get go to a judge, judge signs off on it, the warrant says, we can search that house for evidence of marijuana, cocaine, um, I think money was involved, and prostitution, right? And so that's what our warrant said we could go do. And we took that, and we got a team together, and we went to the house, and guess what? 
they didn't want to let us in. They said, uh-uh. And actually, one guy ran out the back. We, I was at the back. He was at the front. And, uh, well, I caught my guy running out the back. A uh, little short, little over some fences and a couple blocks. But we did get him. I got him. Right? So anyway. Um, but the front door, <laughs> you know what happened to that front door when they said no? Yeah. Um, that front door no longer existed. So by the time my guy ran out the back door and we jumped over some fences and ran a couple blocks and he ended up on the ground and then in handcuffs. The door that was on the front of the house, <laughs> it didn't exist anymore, right? Why, right? We weren't breaking and entering. We had a warrant, right? We had a warrant that said we could go in there and search and that we could go in there and search for drugs. And you know what happens when you have a warrant, especially when it says you can search for drugs? You can search everywhere. You know why? Because when you have a warrant, it's for a specific item, right, or items, and you can only search in places that that item is likely to be found, right? So the bigger the item, right? I'm searching for a 1970 Chevy Chevelle SS, right? Okay, that's what my warrant says. Well, I can only search in places that a Chevy, 1970 Chevy Chevelle SS, not a model, the actual car could fit, right? So I can't, I can't search under the bed, right? Unless it's a massive bed, right? For all intents and purposes, I can't search under the bed. I can't search in drawers. Can't search in the cabinets, right? I search in the garage. Maybe, you know, I can basically search through everything I can see in the house, okay? So that's what happens when you have a warrant. And the great thing from the law enforcement side is when you have a warrant, you're covered, right? So there is a presumption that the search is valid if there's a warrant. So, and the reason for that is that a judge has signed that warrant. Basically, what you have done on the law enforcement side is you've gone in and you've developed your probable cause. You've gone and laid it all out. Um, this person had um, classified documents in an unclassified location, and this is the unclassified location it is in, and we know it is there because confidential informant 12345 saw these documents at that location, okay? Boom, there it is. A judge looks at it and goes, okay, so a confidential informant actually saw these documents at this place, and it's a, it's a certain place looking for certain items, and it's these documents. Yes, it is. Judge signs off on it. The judge is saying that that search on his face is valid, okay? So what can you do? You know what you can do? You see them rolling up, you just get on the phone, call your lawyer. And go, hey, yeah, um, yeah, they got the, uh, the tank and they got the battering ram. Uh, what should I do? Um, you know, option A of maybe, you know, barricading the door and shooting it out with them, probably not the best option. You're probably going to lose that battle. Uh, option B of maybe just opening the door and taking the warrant from them and saying absolutely nothing. Uh, probably the best way to go. Um, you know, call your lawyer, have them on the phone at the time, right? Um, they're probably going to make you hang up the phone. They're probably going to put you in handcuffs. You're probably just going to keep your mouth shut. That's probably the best way to handle it. If it's me, that's probably how I'm handling it. Okay. Um, you know, that's just, uh, it's just what, what happens. Okay. So if we look though at the flip side of it, if there is not a warrant, so somebody on the live mentioned no knock warrants, uh, no knock warrant or, um, sorry, no knock warrants are different. I apologize. Um, 
non-oc warrants just simply mean that they have a warrant, just like I described. And there is there's some uh, extraneous circumstances, uh, guns or bombs or booby traps or something that indicates that it would be dangerous to go. What happens is, is when you do a warrant, you knock on the door, you go, knock, knock, knock. Uh, sheriff's officer with a warrant, police with a warrant, FBI with a warrant. FBI probably says police just because it's a more universal term than FBI. But you're, you're announcing sheriff's officer with a warrant, sheriff's officer with a warrant, and you're banging on the door. Um, and then if it's one that you're breaching the door, breaking the door, you're doing that and then breaching the door right then. Uh, on a no-knock warrant, there is something that has happened, right? There is something within your probable cause that says, this is a dangerous situation. So what we're going to do is we're gonna come in stealthily and we're gonna jump out and we're gonna have the battering ram and we're just gonna go in and we're gonna go pop and we're gonna pop that door and we're going in, right? And it's the element of surprise. So that's what a no-knock warrant is. But let's look at real quick, we talked about the, or I talked about the presumption that if there's a warrant, the search is valid. If there is no warrant and there's a search, Okay, uh, and this is where mentally I got a little bit confused on the no-knock warrant. I was thinking of a, um, of a knock and talk. So there's a thing called a knock and talk that you can do on how you knock on the door. Hey, man, you might have I talked to you. We got to complain about um, someone selling drugs out of the house, man. Yeah, they, they're saying they're, they're selling, you know, out of this window over here. You know, can I talk to you about it? Uh, you know, do you mind if I search uh, over here in this bedroom? I'm looking for uh, weed um, over here. Sure, no problem, right? Uh, that search, right, different from the one with a warrant, which was presumed to be valid, that knock and talk search I just described is actually presumed to be not valid on its face. You have to prove that what you did was actually proper, that you actually got consent, okay? So that's the difference, and that's why, that's why when you have a warrant, you're golden. Well, on the law enforcement side. If you're the one being served with the warrant, well, um, call your lawyer. Call him right then and shut up. That's it. Like, simple. Don't say a word, okay? And, uh, you know, having Secret Service protection was one of the questions. Uh, it's how does having Secret Service protect protection change the dynamics? It really doesn't. Uh, it probably makes it a little less of a high-risk type warrant. I mean, look, we're talking about Miralago. We're talking about Trump. We're talking about, you know, highly affluent individuals. From my experience, those are more or less um, really low risk warrants. I mean, I did a warrant with uh, FDLE. Um, they needed some local help to do a warrant and it was you know, in a good neighborhood, middle-class guy. Um, I guess you could call it a white collar crime. I'm not really sure um, if it falls under that. I'm not gonna talk about what it was, but it was a really low risk warrant and you know, it just, it was handled as such, right? Um, other warrants that I've done have been high risk and you just, you go in and handle it accordingly. So how does the Secret Service impact it? I, I think it just makes it more of a low risk type of thing. I mean, heck, who knows if Trump was even there at the time, right? Um, and quite frankly, he's in his 70s. I can't imagine he's overly strong or violent at, at this time, right? So um, uh, just a byproduct of age, I suppose. So anyway, that is the breakdown on Miralago and the warrants on the Lawfather podcast. Lawfather out.